Hi, I'm Brenda. And I'm Jessica, and you're listening to the Lifting You Higher podcast. Where we like to take heavy topics and lighten them up. Our goal is to encourage and lift you up on this journey we call life. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy. joined as always by my amazing co-host Brenda (laughs) (laughs) and um thank you guys so much for listening and coming back and watching us watching or listening I guess um today we are going to talk about what to do um while you wait while you wait on God's promises yes in the waiting it's um it can be a rough time it can be a glorious time it just depends on how you approach it how you educate yourself on it and then how you walk it out. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's it, but everybody's got to do it. It's not something you're <laughs> going to get away from. Yes. So um, when you're waiting for a promise or dream God has given you, um, it can be a restless time. I, I want to, because you want to know now and you want it now. You don't want to wait. Um, especially I think COVID-19 all through last year has really made us be um, instantaneous people. Yeah. Um, because yeah. even I, the last holdout <laughs> on the planet with Amazon has become so, <laughs> it's like, you know, I order it and then the next day it's there, you know, I, there's, I, there's no waiting. Mm-hmm. And so it's made us, even though we've had to lock up ourselves up, we've had to not wait for things. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of put us in a time frame of let's, you know, let's go, let's get on. And, um, and God does not like that. He is not about instant. He doesn't like instant oatmeal (laughs) or instant coffee. Yes. He is about the, um, the perfection of dreams coming true. And there are dreams that he gives us. They're not, you know, people think I've always had this burning thing to do this or to have this or be like this. It's like, well, that's because God put it in you. Yeah. So, um, but now, now you need to, in the waiting, get yourself ready for that. Yeah, and I, I think there's, you kind of touched on it, but there's two types of waiting. Um, I'm sure there's more, but there's two main types, and it's passive, you're waiting passively or expectantly. So passively, you're hoping something good will happen, and you're just willing to like sit around, twiddle your thumbs, and wait for it to happen, um, but you, you don't. Like, after a short time, you give up. They're like, well, I guess I'm not getting that promotion. Or I guess God's really not going to give me this child or whatever. You just don't do anything about it. And then expectantly waiting is you're expectant on the Lord. Like, you are, like, actively listening for the Lord's um, words. You're believing that He his promises will come true. Um, you have hope. And even if it doesn't come within that week or even a year, you're still actively waiting on the Lord. Yeah, that's so true because I know um, 10, 15 years ago, I can't remember now, I'll have to go back and look at the count, the, my diploma, but it, uh, I am, uh, I knew God called me. I knew and I, and I had a burning desire in my heart to minister to women mm-hmm. because I know what God had done in my life and I wanted so much to be able to, you know, hand back, put a hand back and, and help those that, yeah. you know, were in my same situation. 
but I didn't know how he was going to go about doing it. I just knew that it was just, you know, it's like I was, you know, just like <laughs> that was the burning, obsessing desire in my heart. And so um, to take the expectant road, mm-hmm. I knew I needed to get myself prepared. Yeah. And, and I also knew that I am not one to be as good as some about disciplining oneself to um, train. So I went to night school. I went to Bible school in the evenings after work because mm-hmm. I thought, I've got to get myself prepared. Sure. Yeah. You know, I don't know when this is going to happen, when I'm, what I'm going to be doing, how I'm going to be doing it. I know I'm going to be doing something. But in the waiting, mm-hmm. I will start to get myself prepared. I'll do my due diligence. Right. That's a good word, due diligence. And I will get myself ready. And then when God is ready and says, okay, now is the time, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have wasted the waiting for with wishing yeah. and um, fretting or pity. Mm-hmm. I would be ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we have to actively, like, well, in your example, you knew that you were, God was calling you to minister to women. Well, you can't just, I mean, God will give you the gifts that you need, obviously. But, like, if you were just to wait and then a huge opportunity to come up, you're like, uh, what am I doing? So, it's yeah. good to prepare and it's good to to continually learn and grow, and especially in that waiting period. Well, and I wanted to be taken seriously, too. Yeah. So, it's like, okay, God, if you're serious, I will take it serious. Of course. But the main, but the, the building block upon that, what urged me to do that is, is that hope. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I have this dream. It's my hope in the God that I, I'd be able to do this. And so I have to keep, you have to keep your hope alive. Yes, definitely. Um, and if you don't, then, I mean, you know, there's that old saying that the cemetery is full of potential. Yeah. <laughs> that is wow. so true. Yeah. Because it's all that potential that, you know, and hope that just died mm-hmm. and then nothing was done with it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to keep your hope up hope alive you have to keep it um flourished and growing you know like a plant you have Mm -hmm. to keep it alive so i think you have to keep your hope alive and how do we keep our hope alive we keep our hope alive by going to the bible because what is the bible the living word yes so if we want to keep something living we need to go to the source that is living and that is the word of god and so um, it's important to find scriptures that you can hold on to. This is this is what's going to keep my hope alive, and um, I've got a I've got several here that I I find helpful. In fact, don't limit yourself to one. If you need to get a couple, you know it's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I like like Psalms twenty five twenty one that says, "My integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope, Lord, is in you." Psalms thirty one twenty five. Be strong and take heart, mm-hmm. all you, you who hope in the Lord. Yes. Psalms thirty three eighteen. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those whose hope is in the unfailing love. Mm-hmm. Psalms thirty three twenty. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalms thirty. I actually Psalms thirty three is pretty much the bomb. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then Psalms thirty nine seven it says, "But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you." Psalms one four six five. Blessed are those whose help is in God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Mm-hmm. Psalms one forty seven eleven. The Lord delights in those who fear Him, who put their hope in His unfailing love. That's it. Yeah. If you don't believe God. If you're, you're, how can you hope? Yeah, exactly. So if you believe God, then you must hope in him. Mm-hmm. 
that his that his salvation in your life and that the dreams he has instilled in you will come true. Yeah, you, it, that, all of that hope. And again, like if you don't trust that the Lord is going to come through, like how, how do you have hope? How do you how do you live? Honestly, like if I didn't trust that the Lord had his best interest in mind, like my best interest in mind, I, I don't know how I would go about life every day, you know? Like we, it's important that we expect what God promises to happen. It's that, that continual hope. And, and also, not only do you need to find scriptures you can hold on to, but you might want to find characters in the Bible yeah. you can hold on to. Um, you know, like Sarah or um, Hannah or, um, you know. Job even. Job. Yeah. yeah you know, who, <laughs> one of my favorite scriptures in Job is the last chapter where, you said, where it says that God made it better. Mm-hmm. One of the versions of the one of the last few verses in that last chapter says that in God made it better. Mm. And I'm like, how do you make it better? Yeah. You've lost your family, your you've children, lost yeah. you've lost everything. And then the second time around, God made it better. How yeah. do you do that? Only God can do that. Reconcile mm. in your heart, the loss, but then make it even better. I mean, mm. it's like, that's, that's hope. That is only God can do that. <laughs> yes. So you must, you know, find scriptures, find characters in the Bible that you can, that reminds you that, in those dry wilderness times that God is that God is gonna make it happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um next month sometime we're gonna talk about the wilderness, so be sure to stay tuned. But yeah, I mean it's tough in the waiting. It's yeah. tough waiting on God's promises to come true. It, I mean, honestly, if you haven't had to wait on God's promises, just count yourself blessed. But it's it is tough, but if we keep our mindset focused, <laughs> what? No, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. It's true because it's true. I know people don't want to hear that because we do live in an instant world. We live in yes. a world where, you know, it's like, or I'll make it happen. You know, we just, in the way there's going to be waiting time. There is going to be waiting time. And it's, and that leads us to the second point. The reason why there's waiting time is that because we have to mature. I mean, you know, um, and that's the bottom line is that baby Christians, you know, you can only be a baby Christian for so long. Yeah. You have to grow. You have to grow. And if you don't, then it's like you're stunted. So you have to, um, mature during your waiting because if you don't, you turn into what we call a bonsai Christian. Yeah. And, um, you know, those little bonsai plants that they force to stay small. And, um, you know, instead of being a big giant oak tree, it's now about this 12 inches tall. Um, and, of course, that's self-inflicted. Somebody, you know, bound that thing down so it wouldn't grow. We do that to ourselves. You know, we don't want to grow because we want to stay a baby Christian, but there's nothing um, great about that. I mean, you wouldn't buy a real car for a three-year-old now, would you? You would have to wait until they got mature enough to drive it. And and the same principle um, with spiritual things is that God wants us to um, be fully mature Christian operating just as Jesus was when he was out ministering to the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, like, I, I love that point. Like, we don't want to be a bonsai tree. Every person listening or watching, and even in this world, has a purpose and has, like, this plan. So, like, you have potential. And if you're stuck being, you know, forcing yourself to be that small bonsai tree, then it's not good. But I also wanted to, just, again, remind us that, because I'm talking to myself here, too, because I'm in a waiting season myself. But we want, we need to wait eagerly in faith, like just continue to search after the Lord, continue like to keep hoping and asking and searching 
and we shouldn't become complacent in that. When we become become complacent, we become that bonsai tree. You know, that's right. That's right. Or when we become passive, I think yeah. lots of times this is when we lose Christians. If yes. I get, you know, it's like okay, well, the Bible's full of examples too. You know, when they got tired of waiting, they just went and did it on their own. And I think that's that's um, the chaff from the wheat. You know, it's really important mm-hmm. um, to put your, you know, there's that old term, put your nose to the grindstone. Do not walk away. Yeah. Do not give up. Keep your hope alive. Because at the end of it, there is going to be a great reward. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, um, that's just my two cents because I know... I struggle too because, you know, there's still things that I have not seen come to fruition that I know, that I know, that I know mm-hmm. is is a God idea. It's not something I came up with. But, but anyway, so that's the second. The third thing is our attitude, which mm-hmm. we kind of bled over into. Yeah. I think our attitude while we're waiting to God is very important. You know, are you bitter? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Are you just, you know, refusing to even talk about it? You know, and when I say these things, I'm talking about your relationship with God. I'm not talking about your relationship with friends. Yes. Because probably if you're in that mode, your friends already know because they've had to listen to you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Oh, is she, com- is she coming? Because now we have to listen to her gripe, you know, mm-hmm. for three hours about why you know, she doesn't have what she wants. You know, and yeah. so your attitude is, is everything. And. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, if you have a bad attitude about waiting, well, it's just going to make it worse. But also, I think it's important for us to remember to have gratitude in the waiting. Not that you, gratitude that you are waiting, but just gratitude for what you have and what you've already been blessed with. Um, I mean, maybe God is waiting on you to be content and okay with what you have before he blesses you with more. No, and I know I hear that, and sometimes I hear that, and I'm like, Ugh. Please, let me just stop with that statement. <laughs> uh, you know, be happy where you are before God moves you. You know, what's the point? But, it's, you know, I, I'm old enough now to say, unfortunately, I hate to tell you this, but it's true. It is. I mean, I remember when I lived in a little apartment and, you know, was so, com- I was, you know, very committed to God living that life. And that little apartment was, um, I used to think that little apartment was, you know, kind of embarrassing because it was very humble, very small. But, um, now I look back about on that little apartment and I remember that was like a, like a little incubator for me. And, um, and I, and I, 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 I remember that sense and presence of God that was in that little incubator apartment. And, um, now I live in a home and, and, you know, it's like, well, this is what, you know, was kind of the dream, whatever. Yeah. And, but it's so true. It is true that you must enjoy the time you're in mm-hmm. because when it comes back, when, <laughs> when the dream is fulfilled, when you move up to whatever level he was wanting to take you, you will look back and say, oh man, I should have really enjoyed that time a whole lot more because now I'm at a whole new level with a whole new responsibilities, with whole new challenges, with, you know, uh, with greatness comes more work <laughs> yeah. and more sacrifice. Oh, they don't tell you about that. No, they don't. They don't tell you about the sacrifice that comes with more dreams <laughs> being fulfilled. And you think you're going to get it all, but I'm sorry, with dreams being fulfilled also comes more sacrifice. Yes. Put that in your notebook because that is a fact. 
Okay, I'm just going to throw this out there. It's a little taboo, maybe. Are you tithing? I'm just going to throw that out there. Sometimes God yeah. waits for you to be, give back to what, give God what is already his. Just, just going to throw that and let that settle. I'm not going to go into that anymore, but. I well, mean, I will. I will. Okay, okay. Listen, if you think your God's going to use you in his kingdom to minister to people, to deliver people, to do whatever, um, heal people, touch people, and you don't tithe, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But also, don't expect just tithing to can, like to get more blessings. Like, I'm going to tithe because I'm going to get more blessings. No, it should just be... God has already blessed me with this, whether it be small, big, whatever, whatever size it is. God's already blessed me with this. So I'm just going to give back to him, bless him again. Well, and let me tell you the bottom line lesson about tithing is this. It's not yours. Yes. Nothing is yours. You are a steward. Mm -hmm. And and if you don't get this, because I can tell you, Brenda's been through this little lesson. Nothing is yours. You are a steward of it. And I know this is a really hard concept, especially for the younger generation, because they're like, what do you mean this isn't mine? I worked hard for it. You know, like, it's mine. But It's, old, it's hard for old. Let me tell you. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel like now I finally understood, like, because I've seen the outcome of giving back to God what is already his, you know, like, he's just allowing us to have, like you said, just being stewards, holding on to what he's already, you know, what's already his, so... Right. So, yeah, that's, that's, and that comes with ministry too. You know, ministering to people is not, it's not from you. It doesn't come from you. Again, you are just the steward of the gift that's flowing through you. So it's, it's like a foundational principle you must get. Mm -hmm. And how do you get people's attention? You get people's attention by getting in their pocketbook. Yep. You know, it's like, because money is very important. And so how do you get someone's commitment and attention is that you say you have to understand the principle. You're just a steward of that. It's not yours. You're just a steward. And, um, and unfortunately a lot of people can't get that principle and then they stay a little bonsai Christian. Mm -hmm. So, but the attitude, the attitude is so important. Your attitude is so important. Yes, and especially when you're doing, like, ministry and you're wanting more, you can't say, wow, I saved all of those people. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, you were a tool that the Lord used. And I know sometimes, especially for me, it's hard because the enemy comes in and is like, look what you did. You did a good job. No, I didn't do that. It's it's important for us to see the line and stay on the right side of it. Well, and I'll tell you another thing, and I'm sorry I'm, I'm on it now, and I'm sorry, Jessica, but I right. to get back on it. Let me tell you, if you feel like you're called to minister to people, ministry is not cheap. No. It costs money. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have to pay for stuff. Yes. You have to pay for equipment. You have to pay for places. You have mm-hmm. to pay. Ministry is not cheap. It costs money. Yes. And, um... How do you expect to go to someone and say, give me some money for this ministry when you yourself will not give back to God what is his? That, that is the key right there. Mm -hmm. Think about that. That's hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. That's Pharisees. It's like, you give me your money, but I'm keeping mine. Yeah. (laughs) 
is mine. Yeah, I think there's a verse in like Second Timothy about that. Like you have to have your own household in order before. Yeah, you know, yeah. You I be mean, responsible. And- yeah, and let me tell you, if you feel like you're called to ministry or called to do something, you are going to have to go to people and say, "Hey, can you don't can you give a donation to this ministry?" Yeah, and you can't do that. You you don't have the freedom of asking that. If you yourself mm-hmm. don't give, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and that's the concept you've got to get, and I, and I believe we are hit on this because it's very important to someone. Someone needs to know this: your dreams and your visions are blocked because of your finance, how you look at your finances. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, they're not yours. You're just a steward of it. And if you, and you must break through this, whether it's through prayer, fasting, whatever. But if you don't get this concept, you're never going to get to go to the second level yes. that, you, that you have been given as a dream. And I know that seems cruel right now to say that, mm-hmm. but it's about maturity. It's about transparency. It's about integrity. It's about holiness. Mm-hmm. Things that we've seen in the past break down in people, yeah. but in leadership. But if you see yourself in leadership and you have not understood the concept that you are just a steward Mm -hmm. of that dollar bill, then you aren't going to get to go to the next levels. Or if you do, it's by your own power. And then you're building a house on sinking sand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the Lord, okay, try it. Make sure your attitude is in the right place. That you are giving, that you're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to try this whole tithing thing. And I'm going to try to give back to you what is already yours. Just make sure your mindset and your attitude are in the right place and try it out. And if it doesn't work, well, it's going to work. It It will work. It will work. And if we have a moment, can I give my testimony about that? Yeah, please, please. Let me tell you, back to the little incubator apartment that I lived in. I am, it was like, I don't know, I was like maybe three or four months after I got saved, I started this principle of tithing was just wouldn't leave me alone. Okay. The conviction of it. And, and the reason why I really started tithing was because I was at that point, I was 29 years old and I thought I had been in the world for 29 years. And I thought, you know, if this is a load of horse manure, (laughs) I need to find out now because I'm not going down another trail of finding out that this is just a bunch of hoo-ha and God is not really who he says he is. So if he really is God, I'm going to I'm going to do this tithing thing because I'm going to get fully committed. I'm going to jump in 100% and if he, I get hung out to dry, I'm out of here. And so that's because I came across this scripture in Malachi that says, "Test me in this." Yes. And I thought, "Okay, I'll test you, God, because if this part in Malachi is a lie, it's all a lie." Mm-hmm. And I'm out. So I sat down and I wrote down all my expenses and my uh, bills and, you know, rent and all that kind of stuff that I had, car payment. And I thought, okay, now I have to give 10% of this. And um, it left me, I'm not going to tell you, it left me with like, like double digits to live on till next paycheck. I mean, it was really sad. And I thought, I'm going to have to get a part-time job mm-hmm. to pay my tithe, you know, so I can live. So I went and I got it. Don't, so don't ever do that. Don't sit down. <laughs> 
my number one recommendation to people that's going to pay their time for this time is don't write it down on paper. Don't look at it at paper because if you do, you're going to talk yourself out of it. Yeah. So I thought, but I was I was going to give this a try. So I thought, okay, I'm going to get a part time job to survive since I'm giving ten percent of my salary to tithing. So I did. I went and I got a part time job, which cracked me up. Later, when I look back at it now, I just laugh. So I got this part-time job. So I was supple- – now, I didn't pay tithe oh, on the part-time, part-time job, job. <laughs> because I felt like the part-time job was my extra money. I was working to <laughs> supplement being able to pay tithe on my full-time job. See how sneaky we are in our heads. <laughs> it's just like I've always got to go around, you know. And so uh, so I did that. So the first month, I paid my tithe. Everything went well. The second month, I, um, I again, I was really, really convicted about the fact that I wasn't paying tithe on the part-time job. And, I, and so my response always to God when I felt that conviction come on was, okay, God, this is my money because I'm working extra mm-hmm. to be able to pay tithe on the, the, yeah. the, the paycheck of my full-time job. So I said, this is my money. You know, this is, I'm not paying tithe on it because I have to pay tithe on the first, on the big paycheck. So, um. So that two weeks went by and nothing happened. Then I got then the next day after the two weeks went by of me making that you know statement to God in my prayer time, I show up on part time job and the boss goes, uh, "Brenda, you're here today." And I said, "Well, yeah, I'm supposed to be. You know, I worked you know three hours today." And he goes, "So have you checked your mail lately?" And I said, "No, I haven't checked my mail, but I'll check it tonight when I get home." And he goes, "Okay, fine." And he walked off, and I thought, well, that was an odd conversation. And so I worked, and um, and he said, well, when you leave, make sure you give your uh, your car key, the little car key to the receptionist. And I was like, okay. So I did. I still didn't have a clue. I was so stupid. But um, I was like, okay. So I leave, and I drop the car key off at the reception. I get home, and I go check my mail. And in the mail is a letter from the boss of my part-time job. <laughs> Two sentences in the letter. It says, you are no longer employed here. Please leave your car keyed with. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, I just got fired from my part-time job. <laughs> and and I remember standing in my living room reading that letter going, uh, uh, saying, you know, I just got fired from my part-time job. And then I read it and said, that was my money. And I'm telling you, as if the <laughs> Jesus was... <laughs> physically present in the room these are one of the few times maybe a couple times in my entire life where i've really heard the voice of the lord and he said that's not your money that's my money and i was like okay wow all right so i guess we're gonna really do this then (laughs) we're gonna really do this god so i I said okay hey so i uh i i saw i didn't have a part-time job anymore so now i was gonna have to live off my full-time income about paying tithe, which I knew on paper was going to be crazy, impossible. <laughs> but I was like, okay, we're going to do this then. Mm-hmm. Because I know I had heard from him. And so we did. And I'm telling you, ever since that day, he has never failed me. Yeah. In fact, sometimes I'm so embarrassed about the bless- blessings that I have mm-hmm. because of that. So there's no goodness in Brenda. That was God that did. You know, if, if I'm doing well, it's because God. Yeah. Not because of Brenda. Because Brenda had tried to have her money. <laughs> and, you know, and God said, no, that's not your money. That's my money. And so, again, I know that we went down a rabbit hole. But obviously, I feel like we needed to go down that rabbit yeah. hole. And I know that some people are going to get offended when they listen to this. Because they're going to be like, no, that's Old Testament stuff. I don't have to do it anymore. Okay. All right. 
don't do it anymore. We'll see. Don't do it. See. Then we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens in your life. Yeah, I um I agree. Every time I try to write out a budget for us, like on paper, I'm like how? Like we won't have any money left over to live on for like ex- you know, for food. Nah. We are beyond blessed. Like beyond blessed. So I just don't write a budget. I mean, we try to stick within a budget, but I never write everything down, like all of our expenses and all of our, you know, extra things because it just doesn't work. Well, and, and, and no, we, financial freedom, highly recommended. Yes. Took it, took the class myself. Same. But number one, above all, that comes off, the cream comes off the top Mm -hmm. and then the rest is is to live on. Yep. And, and you have to budget yourself to live on the rest. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is an act of God. It's an act of worship yes. and it shows maturity because baby Christian's not going to get that. And three, it shows the presence and power of God moving in your life every second. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's why, and it may not come back to you like, man, you know, you're not going to get a check in the mail for your tithe times, you know, a hundredfold. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Oh, well, I guess it could happen. He pulled gold out of the mouth of a fish. Yeah. But, um, but it's going to happen in different ways. Like, you know, I have a dryer that I just will not die. <laughs> I have a dryer, washing machine, and dry. I, I, I have a dryer that I know for a fact has got to be at least 25 years old. The sucker <laughs> just won't die. And you know what? Good. I will take that. I don't want to have to buy another one. Yes. So it's going to, it's going to come by, come back to you and in many ways, not just in the, because our brain is so limited. Uh, you know, to figuring things out, it's going to come back in multitude of different ways mm-hmm. that you're blessed. Yeah. I just think of like the Israelites in Egypt and like when they left Egypt and they were wandering in the wilderness, their shoes and clothes never ran out and never, they never had to get new ones because the Lord provided for them and kept them fresh and new. So that's what he's going to do with you. And it might not be finances, like you said, but, you know, like, sometimes it might be a random check that comes in the mail, but don't expect it to always be like that. But, yeah. Yeah. So, so well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Um, as always, we want you to know that you are so loved, that you are beautiful inside and out, that you have a purpose and God has a plan for your life, and you are needed in this world. So, we just pray um, a blessing over each and every one of you um just stay safe say stay safe out there wow i can't speak um because you know it's a crazy world these days but um don't forget we always post the first and third thursdays of the month